Yo, what's poppin' everybody? Welcome back to the Wrestling Takeover Podcast today. This is May 7th, 2021. Wrestling's Hottest Topics number 28 is officially underway. I got a lot of stuff to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. So let's get right into it, man. Edgar, drop that intro. Let's go. Welcome to... You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot to get to. How are you guys doing? Hope you guys are doing great. Having a great Friday. Um, I know that uh, pro wrestling right now is not that exciting. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, there's a lot of topics here that I'm going to be giving you guys just my honest opinions and my concerns and etc. Um, you guys know that I'm honest when I talk pro wrestling. Like I don't, you know, I don't really go with the vast majority of people's opinions. I have my own, and I hope you guys, you know, try to consider your own opinions on what I want to talk about. If you guys disagree or agree with what I got to say, it's all good at the end of the day. So we all love this business. We all love pro wrestling. We're wrestling fans at the end of the day. And um, wrestling right now with AEW, WWE, and Impact Wrestling, I feel overall is not that exciting. This is just me. Okay, You guys might be completely having a different opinion. But right now, to me, pro wrestling, it's a little rocky right now. And I hope it gets back to shape. And especially when fans come back. When fans come back on a consistent basis and these companies start, you know, taking risks and stuff like that, hopefully it gets back to the norm of WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, and New Japan Pro Wrestling and other wrestling promotions where fans are back and it feels like wrestling again. Because right now, it just doesn't feel like pro wrestling is hot right now. And I feel like it hasn't been hot in a couple of years. So I, I really hope pro wrestling can get back not only to the mainstream, but it could be hot once again. So we got to start with the WWE. I uh, got a couple topics here that I want to talk about. We're going to start with number one, talking about how in NXT right now, there's no opponent for Kerry and Cross. Now, I know you guys probably are thinking, yeah, there there's people, but is there really people that? Can defeat Karrion Cross because to me right now, I find nobody. Pete Dunn, let's start with Pete Dunn. I love Pete Dunn just as much as everybody, but he doesn't seem like a suitable opponent to defeat. You know, Karrion Cross. He doesn't look believable to me. Uh, another person that doesn't really look believable whatsoever. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. I'm still upset that the undisputed era broke up. Is Kyle O'Reilly? I don't know what the fuck Kyle O'Reilly is on. He's smoking something. But this guy reminds me so much of Orange Cassidy. I'm not a big fan of Orange Cassidy to begin with. But he's got that Orange Cassidy vibe. All right? And his makeup and the way he's presented, it looks so cheesy. He doesn't come off as a main event guy. And they're trying desperately. And it's coming off extremely forced, in my personal opinion. Now, he's a great wrestler. But in terms of looking at a guy... And saying, yeah, he's a main event dude. I can't say that to Kyle O'Reilly. I just can't. So they're going to have to do a lot in terms of his makeup and everything like that to make him a main event superstar type level that can be on the level of carrying cross. 
Okay, so Kyle O'Reilly isn't it. Pete Dunn's not it. What about from Balor? I love Balor. I don't think he's believable either. But he's came close enough to make it believable in terms of the match he had with Karrion Cross. But the fact is this. Karrion Cross is on a completely different stratosphere than Pete Dunne and all these other guys. You know, Kyle O'Reilly and uh, etc. No, Adam Cole, I don't know what's going on with Adam Cole. He's not believable to beat Karrion Cross either. You got Bronson Reed. He's in the North American Championship pitcher, um, as well as Dexter Loomis. You got Johnny Gargano. He's not believable either. And um, there's just not a lot of guys on NXT that are believable to beat Karrion Cross, except for one person. But the thing is, he's not an NXT home talent from the U.S. He's from NXT UK. He's the UK uh, champion in Walter. That's the only person that I can legitimately find that is capable of beating Karrion Cross. That's it. And I hope NXT builds to that super mega match with Karrion Cross and Walter. You know, this year, you can have champion versus champion. And maybe you could unify the championships, which I highly doubt. But you could just have a one on one match. Who's better? The North, you know, the uh, not North American champion, excuse me. The NXT champion, Karrion Cross, or the UK champion, and Walter. And Walter, I believe, is the only opponent that is suitable, in my honest opinion, that can have a legitimate shot at beating Karrion Cross and make it be believable. Because there's nobody else in NXT right now that is believable to beat Karrion Cross. I don't care what you say. I don't care how good Finn Balor is, or Pete Dunn is, or Kyle O'Reilly, or this person, that person. They're not on Karrion Cross's level. They haven't been built up, okay, enough to make it believable. And from just a body type perspective, Pete Dunne beating Karrion Cross, please, that's ridiculous. Kyle O'Reilly, absolutely not. Finn Balor, listen, Finn Balor gave Karrion Cross a great fight, but even Finn Balor can't beat Karrion Cross. The only person that can is Walter. I hope that's where WWE ultimately goes to because right now the main event scene on NXT, I'm going to be honest, it fucking sucks. There's no opponent that is believable enough to beat Karrion Cross. period. There's nobody. And so NXT has to start developing, you know, somebody that is capable of beating Karrion Cross and making it believable because right now there's nobody. That's my piece on the NXT Championship pitcher and Karrion Cross. So next up, I'm going to be talking about Daniel Bryan. Now, Daniel Bryan's contract expired on Friday Night SmackDown of last week. Rumors are running completely rampant on social media about where Daniel Bryan's going to go. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go to All Elite Wrestling? Is he going to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling? Impact Wrestling? We don't know. Okay, so this news comes from Ringside News. Uh, WWE apparently is leaving door open for Daniel Bryan's WWE return. So Daniel Bryan's WWE contract expired after his match on Friday Night SmackDown of last week. Bryan has been a free agent for about a week now, but he hasn't made any big announcement yet. 
He can legally do whatever he likes in terms of pro wrestling at the moment. It was noted in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that Daniel Bryan could arrive in AEW next week if he wanted to. WWE obviously doesn't want that to happen. Of course not. That would be an absolute blockbuster, mega, just breaking news if that happened. That would be crazy. The internet would completely break if that happened. So there is also a belief that if the pandemic wasn't a factor, then Daniel Bryan uh, would wrestle at the next Tokyo Dome show in New Japan for wrestling for sure. Because Daniel Bryan's gone on record saying that he would love to wrestle in different wrestling promotions while also staying true and staying home to the WWE. Uh, sorry, Brian, that's not happening, bro. That's not happening. You will not be, you know, wrestling in WWE, but also wrestling in different promotions. That's just not going to happen. WWE working with other wrestling promotions? Please. You're right. That, that's a LOL moment right there. It's just not going to happen. As of this writing, Daniel Bryan has not made his next move in pro wrestling public. We know that WWE is leaving the door open for his return. Of course they are. Why wouldn't they leave the door open for Daniel Bryan? They love Daniel Bryan. Right? I hope they love Daniel Bryan for everything he's given to that fucking company. So, this is... Uh, let me continue the article right here. He could show up next week on Raw... He could legally show up next week on AEW. I actually think we, were, um, we weren't in a pandemic situation and without the quarantine issues that he'd probably be wrestling at the next Tokyo Dome show. But we are. He's free to negotiate with everyone and WWE was trying to sign him before the deal expired and the door is still very open. Daniel Bryan can come back to WWE but they would need to offer him the deal he wants. Brian's situation isn't 100% about money either. Well, yeah, just vast majority of people, you know, isn't about money. It's about creativity. It's about creative. You know, it's about booking. You know, I I, I don't want to get this, uh, you know, mindset of these wrestlers just all about the money. You know, what about creative? What about having creative freedom in your characters and your storylines and your matches? Why does it always have to be about money? I know Daniel Bryan isn't that type of guy that is all about the money. He's made so much money for his lifetime. He could retire and be set for life. He doesn't need the money. It's all about create. It's all about creativity. It's all about creative. That's all it is, man. Booking. So he wants to wrestle, but not full time, as he explained in several interviews to Daniel Bryan. WWE has the ability to work out special agreements so they might need to buckle down and create a control offer that is to Daniel Bryan's liking very soon. So that was from Ringside News. Listen, Daniel Bryan, I'm going to support him wherever he goes. Okay? If he wants to leave the WWE and go to AEW, God bless him. I'm going to support him. If he wants to go to New Japan, I'll support him. If he wants to shockingly go to Impact Wrestling, which I highly doubt, I will support Daniel Bryan, like I said, has gone on record saying that he wants to wrestle outside of the WWE while being in WWE. Like I said, that's not happening. So this is the best opportunity for Daniel Bryan to wrestle outside of the WWE while not being in that company anymore. Uh, wherever he goes, is going to be a game changer. It's going to be breaking news all over the place. Okay, Daniel Bryan is a megastar. Daniel Bryan is a build around, you know, show type of guy. Right, I would build my roster around Daniel Bryan. 
But my thing is this, before I move on to the next topic. Daniel Bryan is a great wrestler. Daniel Bryan has made so much money that he's more worried about his booking, right? His creative. Look at Matt Hardy. Could have been in WWE still. Got that money. He's worried about creative. Kenny Omega. He didn't go to WWE. He could have went. Him and the Young Bucks could have all went to WWE. But the creative was the main aspect and the main turning point and them choosing to go to a new wrestling promotion being created by Tony Khan in All Elite Wrestling. They got creative freedom and everything like that. I personally believe they have too much creative freedom, but that's my opinion. Um, but they have creative freedom nonetheless. Daniel Bryan, whatever decision he makes, we got to support him as an IWC community, period. I'm going to go on record right now on my show and say I think he stays with the WWE. I think he's going to retire in the WWE. Um, and he's going to have a part-time Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, John Cena, Triple H-like schedule. I don't think he's going to leave. I think he's a WWE lifer. We'll see what happens with Daniel Bryan, man. Whatever news comes out about Bryan, it's going to be huge, and I'm going to be right here on the Wrestling Takeover making sure I talk about it. Now, the next topic is going to be very controversial. I don't know why it's controversial, but it is. So this woman, you know, re-debuted last week on a vignette. You guys know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about All Red Everything, Eva Marie. I think Eva Marie looks gorgeous as hell. Eva Marie returned and she broke the goddamn internet. Expected. But the funny thing is, man, people are out there legitimately in the IWC bitching and complaining that you fire Samoa Joe, you fire Mickey James to bring Eva Marie back. Guys, I got news for you. I got news for you. Eva Marie was already scheduled to return since last year. I hope you guys understand that. She was already going to return to the WWE. There was rumors flowing around last year that Eva Marie and WWE are in current negotiations to return. It was all over the place. I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not making up shit. So she was already scheduled to return. Read the news reports. You'll see it. So I find it very hilarious that people are complaining that Eva Marie's back. She isn't needed. Guys, we don't even know what she's fucking doing. You guys are just pure, like, doing wrestling theory bullshit. Oh, she's going to wrestle. We don't know if she's going to wrestle. She might be a valet to somebody. Right? She might be a manager to somebody. We don't know. Hell, she might wrestle while also being a manager for somebody. We don't know. Stop jumping to conclusions, man. Wrestling fans jump to conclusions way too much. I'm guilty of that. I kind of do that myself. Um, but I hold back in terms of, you know, an opinion before anything happens in terms of news or in terms of stuff like that. You know, we can't be jumping to conclusions, y'all. Let's sit. Let's rest. Let's think about this for a second. Whatever Eva Marie does, she is a heat magnet. Okay? People have an opinion of Eva Marie. 
She sucks in the ring. It's the same shit. So you guys saying that, it's not anything new to me. It's not anything new to anybody else. We all know she sucks in the ring, okay? She's hot garbage. But she's a heat magnet. She is a value to something in the WWE. That's why they brought her back. Why would you bring someone back if they're not value in something? A manager in the ring, commentator, backstage interviewer, camera person, creative writer, right? Booker, right? Producing matches. Why would they bring Eva Marie back and not use her? Motherfucker, they're going to use her. Rather you like it or not. So get used to it. Either do two things. Shut the fuck up and watch. Or... Just don't watch. Period. Simple. Stop complaining, but you're going to watch regardless. Cut the shit. Okay? I'm not going to complain. I seen it. My first thoughts was, okay, she was already scheduled to be returning anyways. WWE was just waiting for the right opportunity to re-debut Eva Marie. She's a talking point in the wrestling world right now. I fucking love it. You know why I love it? Because her name's in the news. You guys are all talking about it. You're talking shit, but guess what? You're still talking about Eva Marie. That's all Eva Marie wants, and that is all the WWE wants. They know Eva Marie is a heat magnet. They get it. They get the psychology. They know it. Eva Marie knows it. She's using it to her repertoire. She's using it to her strengths, and it's working. Because all you guys that are complaining about Eva Marie are so passionate about it. I love it. I love your passion. You know, just don't be disrespectful, right? We'll see what happens. At the end of the day, guys, just wait. Be patient. If she wrestles, let's see what she got. Hopefully, she got better. If not, I'm going to be right here on my show shitting on her about it. If she does something else, let's see what happens. That's all. I'm, that's my piece on Eva Marie, man. And that's all for the WWE portion of the podcast. Up next, I'm going to be talking about AEW. And I'm going to take a short break. I'll be back. And once I get back, I'm going to be talking about AEW. So I will be right back. All Elite Wrestling. Let's talk about AEW in this portion of the podcast. Double or nothing. It's coming up in May. This is crazy. Britt Baker is scheduled to be taking on Carl Sheeta for the AEW Women's World Championship. I fucking love it. Britt Baker is one of my absolute favorites to watch in pro wrestling right now. Period. Men or women. Okay? She's tremendous. The progression... And the development of Britt Baker has absolutely kind of been astonishing. It really has been eye-opening. You know, she has the look. We obviously know she's an attractive woman, okay? And her wrestling ability in the beginning was hot garbage, okay? It was trash. But I love that AEW stuck to her. They found their future piece to build around the women's division, okay? I want to make that perfectly clear. Britt Baker, right now, 
is the company's top women's wrestler right now. And guess what? She's not even the champion. She's not even the champion, folks. Britt Baker's getting talked about all over social media, man. Everybody's talking about Britt Baker. And I love who Carl Shida. Okay? And I love that she's been having the AEW Women's Championship and holding it for a very long time. That's how you build a women's champion. But the problem is she hasn't had any credible contenders to challenge her for that title. You got Tanaya Conti. Okay? You want to talk about someone that's progressing, someone that can be a future big piece in the evolution of the women's division on AEW. She's really great. She's definitely going to have a future run at that championship. But right now, it just feels that it's Britt Baker's time. You can tell that AEW was really hoping that she gets to where they know that she can get to. I'm telling you now, she's right there. They are going to pull the trigger is AEW. Britt Baker is going to win the AEW Women's Championship. And I'm telling you right now, Thunder Rosa, I don't know if she's officially signed with AEW. I don't know if it's a shake hand deal. But I'm telling you now, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker over the AEW Women's Championship for years to come. That's a big time feud for the women's division. For years to come. We're going to look back. And Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. Is going to be. You know. A level type of feud for the women's. Division in AEW. We're going to look back and say damn. There was one feud. In that AEW's women's division. That really soar heights. To AEW. It was Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. They got that chemistry. They click. Right. I was worried that they weren't going to click. I was worried that they were going to have that chemistry. Motherfucker, I was wrong, and I'm happy I was wrong. Okay, that's a feud right there over the over the uh, AEW Women's Championship for years to come, and something that I would definitely love to see. And Britt Baker winning is gonna establish one thing: it's gonna establish that you never give up on somebody, no matter if they suck in the ring or if their progression is slow. You never give up on somebody because when they eventually get good. That process that you did with that person, it's going to pay off. And right now, AEW and Britt Baker, it's paying off big time. And I fucking love it. I'm a big fan of Britt Baker. In the beginning, I really wasn't. I seen the potential in her. I just was hoping she can get better in the ring. And my gosh, she has. I'm a big supporter of Britt Baker. I definitely want her to win the AEW Women's Championship. And when she does... What happens next? That is the main question with AEW and Britt Baker. Now, I'm seeing people say that well, Carl Sheeta should win and retain. Guys, she's had that title for a very long time. I'm not going to throw numbers out. I don't know exactly how long she's held that championship for, but she's held it for a very long time. I think it's time for her to lose it. And Britt Baker, right now, I'm telling you, she's really, really good. So if she does lose, she can get that momentum back quick. But in my personal opinion, I feel like if she loses, her momentum is going to be stalled big time. It's going to be a 
I want to use this analogy, this WWE analogy of Braun Strowman, where he was scheduled to win the Universal Championship all those years ago, and WWE never pulled the trigger. He was white hot, and they never pulled the trigger, and Braun Strowman, after that loss, was never the same. I don't want Britt Baker to be in that situation. You got to strike while the iron is hot. And motherfucker, the iron is hot. It is steaming right now. Britt Baker needs to go into double or nothing at the challenger. And she needs to walk out as champion. AEW, do the right thing. Period. You got to do the right thing, man. And I hope that happens. We'll see. Speaking of doing the right thing, or in this case, doing the wrong thing. Um, you guys, I did watch War Games I did watch AEW Dynamite for that one match specifically. I seen a lot of people in the IWC go back and forth with the ending spot with Chris Jericho getting pretty much pushed down and crashing on the land pad um, in the middle of the ramp. Listen, I want to say this right now. I set this on Twitter. I set this on Instagram. That match was really great. But motherfucker, that ending was trash. I want AEW to know that. I want Chris Jericho to know that. I want everybody to know that. Okay? I'm not afraid to speak my mind when something that I'm passionate about. Okay? That ending was complete trash. That camera angle that they did was god awful. Their camera angles, man, in, in certain aspects are fucking trash. Why would someone have a camera angle right there where you can obviously see the padding underneath, right? It looked like a bed. It looked like you had three, four beds right there propped in the middle of the ramp where Chris Jericho just dropped gracefully. He didn't do a Mick Foley. Thank God. I don't want Chris Jericho to get hurt, okay? I was never upset about Oh, I wish it was steel and this and that. No, I don't want these wrestlers to get hurt. I'm happy Chris Jericho's okay. That's not my problem. My problem is the fucking padding was so obvious. I mean, my God, the camera angle was on top of the arena and you could just look down even before Chris Jericho was going to go, you know, hopping off that motherfucker. You seen on the ground, dude, there's there's fucking pads everywhere. And he landed so gracefully, man. It looked like Chris Jericho went to heaven. He died and went to heaven, bro. And just landed so softly, too. It wasn't like a hard slam. It was so soft. And people on Twitter was like, oh, you wouldn't do that. They weren't saying that to me directly, but I seen people, you know, comment on each other saying, oh, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. Motherfucker, if there were pads down there, yes, I would do that. I would have MJF push me down. There's pads right there. Why wouldn't I want to do that? Now, did it hurt? Oh, it probably did hurt for sure. But how much did it really hurt though? That's the question. How much did it really hurt? I don't know. I don't know. But listen, just shut the fuck up about this whole thing, okay? It happened. It's over with. Move on. Period. And... I'm going to comment on this before I move on to another topic on AEW. AEW. 
They fucking suck. They're awful in terms of gimmick matches and ending them successfully. Okay? You have two strikes. I don't care that they're a new company. You got to know these things. You got to hire the best people in certain positions. Period. Okay? That ending on Wednesday night this past week was awful. And it did definitely, it took away from the entire match. That was great. I have another problem with it, though. Why wasn't anyone helping Chris Jericho while he was up there about to get fucking pushed off the cage by MJF, Sammy Guevara, you know, Santos and Ortiz, Jake Hager, wherever y'all at. Y'all weren't there to help your boy. You weren't there to help your captain. You just got pushed. Nothing. No one attacked MJF. That's ridiculous. Stupid booking on AEW's behalf. But they got to get better when booking gimmick matches, man. They're 0 for 2 here. And I say they're 0 for 2 because, well, that barbed wire massacre, whatever the fuck you want to call it, with John Moxie and Kenny Omega, again, it was a great match. I watched it. It was great. I reviewed it as well. It was a great match. God damn, the ending was awful. This match, this match, blood and guts, was great. The ending was trash. Period. That's my opinion. If you guys disagree, that's fine. We could have a normal conversation. But that's my opinion on AEW in terms of gimmick matches. They got to start figuring something out, man, because it's not that good. They're 0-2 for me. They're 0-2. They got to evaluate these things. And WWE, <laughs> WWE, I want to talk about this. Uh, before I get into the Tessa Blanchard thing. Uh, AEW Blood and Guts considered a bad image in pro wrestling. So, <laughs> WWE apparently was shitting on AEW and what they thought about the gimmick match. So, AEW Blood and Guts considered a bad image for the pro wrestling business within WWE. This is from Ringside News. Shout out to Ringside News. Uh, AEW presented Blood and Guts this week, and plenty of fans loved the show. Now, the show was great, but the outcome in the end was trash. That's my opinion. It was a bloody contest where everyone involved felt in the ring in the morning. Uh, still, some saw the match to be differently. Ringside News has been told that AEW's Blood and Guts match was a huge topic of conversation today within WWE, but not for a good reason. We were told most backstage considered the match barbaric with the bloody letting that took place. A tenured member of the creative team opened up about us about how AEW's Blood and Guts match is viewed by many within the company. I quote, it was a bad image for the industry, especially the obvious belating. I quote, Chris Jericho's big spot at the end also received jeers and some commented how uh, Le Champion wants to be Shane McMahon. Now, AEW Blood and Guts was a hit within the viewership and it landed Dynamite in the number one spot on cable for the first time ever. Congratulations to AEW for that. Great for AEW, man. They're in number one. That's fucking fantastic. 
But uh, I got a comment on that, man. <laughs> WWE, you motherfuckers, bro. You motherfuckers. You guys are a bunch of babies. You guys were a bunch of babies. Bunch of bitches. Let me get this straight. This is hilarious to me. A company that did Mick Foley, Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. Mick Foley and Edge at WrestleMania 22 in a hardcore match. All these hardcore matches in the company. Mick Foley and Triple H at Royal Rumble 2000 in a street fight. Give me a break. You're complaining about this shit? This wasn't even that gruesome. I'm going to keep it a buck. This wasn't even gruesome. There was a lot of blading. There was a lot of blood. Yeah. It was a great visual. Of course it was. But this match wasn't that gruesome. I mean, I can name WWE matches off the bat that were more gruesome than that. ECW matches that were more gruesome than what we've seen on Wednesday night on TNT on AEW Dynamite. Cut the shit, uh, fucking WWE. Okay? You guys are complaining. You guys are taking, once again, jabs at AEW again. I don't know why. Leave them the fuck alone. Do your shit. Your shit fucking sucks. From a creative standpoint, WWE right now, Raw, SmackDown, and sadly, NXT. It fucking sucks. Okay? Get your creative right. Don't worry about AEW. Leave AEW alone. Let AEW fuck up if they want. Let AEW kill it whenever they want to. Leave them alone. So that I, that news report, I just seen that shit. It's ridiculous. WWE, just leave them alone, bro. Leave them alone. Let, let them do whatever they want to do. So that's my thoughts on the blood and gut situation with AEW and the WWE. Now, I want to take another news report from ringside news about Tessa Blanchard's controversial past quote-unquote keeping her away from all elite wrestling is that true so Tessa Blanchard's controversial past keeping her out of AEW a report came out last week saying that Tessa Blanchard and her husband Daga were close to signing with AEW yeah that broke the entire internet man that was crazy so that is not the case at all and there's a reason for that. It was noted in the Wrestling Observer Radio newsletter that anything can change in pro wrestling. But right now, Tessa and Daga are quote-unquote not close to signing with AEW. The situation boils down to the numerous allegations against Blanchard regarding her backstage behavior and bullying ways. That greatly damaged her reputation and the decision was made not to bring her in. She could be one of the top stars in the company and of great value to the division. Her past made it to where, at this point, the decision has been made to not try and bring her in. You can never say never in pro wrestling, but AEW has a couple of women on their roster, like Allie, who spoke up against Tessa Blanchard's bullying. A report came out last month that Daga was talking to somewhere, but AAA expects to have him back by late summer. Tessa Blanchard is still apparently sitting at home, without any interest in AEW or WWE at this point. I mean, listen, guys. If AEW... See, this is the crazy thing, right? Check this out. AEW has women now, bruh. AEW has women. They have Jade. 
They have Thunder Rosa. Okay? They have Ukaro Shida. They got Britt Baker. They got Nyla Rose. That's five women. They got Anna Jay. That's six. They could bring in a Chelsea Green. They could bring in a Mickey James. They don't need Tessa Blanchard. Period. They don't. Especially if Mickey James and Chelsea Green come into W uh, come into AEW. Excuse me. What about the Iconics? What about Billy Kay? What about Peyton Royce? AEW has options. Period. They got options. They don't need Tessa Blanchard. It feels like they don't want Tessa Blanchard. So if you don't want Tessa Blanchard, don't go after Tessa Blanchard. But again, I want to make this clear. This could be a red herring. This could absolutely be a red herring to just throw the dirt she's in a confusion. And Tessa could already be quote-unquote signed to all elite wrestling secretly. News just hasn't came out about it. She might debut at double or nothing. Keep that in mind. She might debut at double or nothing. Because you know Tony Khan is all about making a splash in this business. All about making a splash in his promotion. Tessa Blanchard, number one, might already be signed with AEW. And number two, they're saving her debut for double or nothing. Please keep that in mind, okay? And if it does happen, you know where you heard it here. Right on the wrestling takeover. But, like I've been saying for a while, I think Tessa Blanchard's best bet right now is to go to the WWE. You have more opponents, you have more options. You know, majority of the women there. And you're going to be in a shark in the water with a lot more sharks, right? Because if you go to AW, you're going to be, quote-unquote, the only shark in the pond, right? In the water. And, you know, I've seen pictures with her and Sasha Banks and Bailey and, you know, with Kalisto, even though he got released and stuff like that. So she's teasing, man. She's on social media now more consistently. We'll see what happens. I'm a big fan of Tessa Blanchard. I'm a big supporter of her. So wherever she goes, she has my full support. Um, I know I've been saying for a while that I lost respect for her a little bit because of what she said, and I have. But that doesn't mean that she's not the best in the ring. She's one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet, period. And she hasn't even wrestled. Not once this entire year. So we'll see what happens with Tessa Blanchard and... Um, any news breaks, I'm definitely going to be talking about it here on the podcast. Now, that's AEW. I'm going to talk about Impact Wrestling for a little bit. Now, this was breaking news a couple of hours ago today. Jordan Grace officially resigns with Impact Wrestling. That is, uh, that's really, really great. I'm happy for her. Um, I'm a big fan of Jordan Grace and... I think she can add a lot to the women's division. And uh, we'll see what happens with her, man. You know, how long did she sign for? That's the question. But she resigned, and that's one of the best things. That really is. That's great. And uh, we'll see what happens with uh, Jordan Grace. I think Jordan Grace signing with Impact Wrestling, it needs to be taken as a big deal. Because I was on this show talking about how her contract is expiring pretty soon, I believe in June or July. And she's going to get interest from the WWE. She's going to get interest from All Elite Wrestling. 
She resigned. What does that say? A couple of things. Um, I think that says that Jordan Grace has the uh, passion for Impact Wrestling. She believes in Impact Wrestling. She believes in the Knockouts division, which is easily criminally underrated, um, especially if they get Chelsea Green and Mickey James and the Iconics. Impact Wrestling's women's division can make a splash in this game if they get those women. They got Jordan Grace for a couple years. That's really a tremendous, you know, announcement. I'm a big fan of Jordan Grace. Um, I just want her to be in the best possible position. And I do want her to capture or recapture, excuse me, the Knockouts Championship and pull a tie of Valkyrie where she holds it for a significant amount of time until they find that one person to ultimately dethrone Jordan Grace. We'll see what happens. I like this move. I'm a fan of Impact Wrestling. Um, I don't cover it, but I have been watching on a consistent basis. And Impact Wrestling is doing really, really great, man. The management team over there looks like they have a plan in place. And they're implementing that to perfection. So keep it up, Impact Wrestling. You guys are killing it. Jordan Grace, I'm happy for you. I'm a big fan of your work. And uh, I can't wait to see what you do on Impact Wrestling moving forward. Even though, I will say, they got to bring the labels TNA back. Those labels got to come back, man. Impact Wrestling, I can't just... It doesn't sound right. TNA, total nonstop action sounds a little bit better. So I think they got to bring back the symbols TNA. Rebrand uh, TNA again. You got great management. You got great direction. Just rebrand the symbols TNA and make it, you know, more professional and legitimate and not a laughing stock that it has been in decades in pro wrestling. So Impact Wrestling, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. I'm happy that Jordan Grace was signed. She's a tremendous talent, one of the best in this game in women's wrestling. She's one of my personal favorites, man. And uh, building that division around Jordan Grace, she's so young. She's so young. She has a lot ahead of her. So we'll see what happens. And uh, congratulations to Jordan Grace for re-signing with Impact Wrestling. Last topic on the show, last topic for today on the Wrestling Takeover podcast, Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna Perrazzo, she was in the WWE. She did not live up to her potential. I've said that. A lot of people in the IWC said that many years ago. The WWE did not know how to use Deanna Perrazzo to her strengths. Okay? That's facts. Um, also, another thing. WWE didn't give a fuck about Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna Perrazzo, when she was in NXT, she wasn't booked at all, pretty much. And I'm saying to myself, she's so talented. She's really good in the ring. She's a wizard in that square circle. Why aren't they using her? They don't give a fuck about her. You know, maybe I'm going to throw this out, man. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you guys. I think her weight came into fruition as well as a reason why she hasn't been pushed in the WWE. Because, you know, WWE is all about the weight and you got to look a certain way. You got to fit a certain image. And especially for the women, man, I know they have a lot of issues. I feel bad for those women, you know, that are, you know, a little bit bigger, you know, and it sucks. And Deanna Perrazzo felt in that category. Um, I heard rumors that uh, she just kept getting a little bigger and bigger. And uh, WWE kept asking her to lose weight. It was all, you know, from the stomach to lose the weight and everything. She didn't want to do that. So they got rid of her. I think that's the sole reason why they got rid of her, man. She's great in the ring. 
Why else would you get rid of her? She's great on the microphone. They got rid of her because she didn't want to lose that weight. That's her decision. And so she paid the price by uh, getting released from the WWE. And then Impact Wrestling swooped her all up. And she's doing great things. She's the Impact Knockouts champion. She has a dominant reign right now. And it needs to continue. I want to see Jordan Grace eventually take that title off Deanna Prazo eventually. I love the partnership that Impact Wrestling has been suiting with all wrestling promotions. It's really great for the business. And it's great for Impact Wrestling. So I'm happy for Deanna Prazo. She continues to kill it. She looks good. She looks good in the ring. She looks good in general. And um, I'm happy that she's getting this uh, run with the Impact Knockouts Championship. Now, uh, this is interesting to me. Uh, Billy, Billy Ray, right? He mentioned that something about Impact Wrestling that I want to bring to the table before I end this podcast real quick. He said that Impact Wrestling needs to be upset that AEW isn't talking about the Impact World Championship. That to Billy Ray, it feels like that championship is a prop. I actually agree with what he said. Bully Ray, excuse me. Bully Ray. Uh, He feels that AEW is considering Impact World Championship to be a prop. And I agree um, they got to do something because I feel like Impact Wrestling's partnership with AEW isn't complementing Impact Wrestling whatsoever. I'm going to go out of point, and I feel like AEW is using Impact Wrestling. I'm going to say that right now on this show. I feel like AEW, All Elite Wrestling, and the management there are using Impact Wrestling to their strengths and not Impact Wrestling. Kenny Omega winning that Impact Championship He wants to be the belt collector, right? He wants to benefit his game. That's the mentality that I perceive. He might not feel that way. He wants to help Impact. He kind of is, but he's not at the same time. You feel me? You know, he's getting Impact Wrestling in that spotlight like they deserve. I've been saying that for years. Impact Wrestling has a great roster. They're just missing that, you know, TV deal. They're missing that, you know, spotlight. And... Kenny Omega is trying to give it to them. It's not really working right now. It's really not. So I feel like Impact Wrestling and their championship on Kenny Omega feels like a prop to me. I don't want to. That's just my thoughts on that. So Bully Ray mentioning that as well. I agree with him. And it was funny that he mentioned that. So Impact Wrestling, you got to do something. You got to do something. You're long for the ride. You're getting your product back in the eyes and ears of the wrestling fans. It's great. And uh, we'll see what happens with Kenny Omega and AEW and um, Impact Wrestling. How long is this partnership going to continue is the question. Will it continue throughout the whole year? Is it a one and done after this? Whenever they're done, they're not doing it again. Who knows? Will companies join? Will they two just join together? We don't know. We'll see. Um, Are we going to get a super show with Impact Wrestling and AEW? Maybe add New Japan to that. Get a big mega show and MSG. That would be great. We'll see what happens. But uh, that's all I got for you guys today on this Friday. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. If you guys can do me a solid favor and follow me on social media, follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. Follow the podcast on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover. Shout out to all people following the podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. Please go follow and subscribe to The Wrestling Takeover podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And 
if I would appreciate you guys give me a five star rating on iTunes and a comment down below. That would be great. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you guys next time, man. I will probably see you guys on Monday. Talk about some topics here and there. And uh, that's all I got for you guys. Have a good night. This is the Creative King, man. I'm signing off for the day. I'll catch you guys next time.